We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Zach Zaidman. You know, back in the day, I used to live the life. Not a Bieber life, but no. I, I used to live the life. This is Zach Zaidman. Are you serious? That's an interesting question, Dave. Fly the dog! 432 for the Chicago Wolves update story. 431. Approaching 432 for the Just saw Zach fire an empty coffee cup. It's Zach Zaidman on 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. Oh, it's Max Zaidman. I'm sorry. Uh, Chicago Sports Station. Following the NFC Championship game last night, I took to Twitter and I tweeted out the following. It's stunning that Aaron Rodgers has as many Super Bowl appearances as the Bears since he entered the NFL. And once you hit send, you never truly know how anything you tweet will be received. And as usual, everyone viewed it from their own prism. So here's what I meant. Aaron Rodgers may be the most physically gifted quarterback that has ever played in the NFL. He's just as smart as any quarterback who has played this game. Who wouldn't want Aaron Rodgers as the quarterback of their team? But it just goes to show how difficult it really is to make the Super Bowl. Meantime, Tom Brady is about to play in his 10th Super Bowl. So when it comes time for the Pro Football Hall of Fame Selection Committee to discuss picking Brady... There will be no discussion necessary. Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback in NFL history. He's the greatest champion in NFL history. Bill Parcells once said, you are what your record says you are, and the record says no one has ever been better than Tom Brady. You're judged by championships. Brady is the best champion there is. A pleasant good evening to you. Be safe out there on the snowy roadways. Zach Sademan here until Bulls basketball at 745 tonight on 670 The Score. Broadcasting live from the Hyundai Studios. Brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. Tonight, the Bulls host the Celtics. Until then, man, do we have a lot to talk about. Ahead on the show, former Bears captain Olin Krutz will join us at 620 for not one. Two segments. We'll break down the NFL playoffs, look ahead to the Super Bowl, take a ride on the quarterback carousel, and try to figure out 
what the Bears will do this offseason. Then at 7 o'clock, we'll visit with 670thescore.com's Bulls reporter Cody Westerlin. The Bulls trying to bounce back from that flat performance against the Lakers. They'll have a test tonight against the Celtics with Jason Tatum back in action. And we want you to be a big part of the show as well. 312-644-6767. The score listener line is powered by BetQL. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit betql.com. But first, some thoughts. Former Bears general manager Jerry Angelo used to have some great lines when he was getting grilled by the media when things weren't right with his team. I listen to your opinions all the time, Angelo once told reporters. If you were held accountable on some of the opinions you give, you would have a crayon in your hand. It's a great line, and you know what? He's right. When it comes to the Bears, all we keep talking about is the lack of a consistently good quarterback because it all starts with the quarterback, right? For about the last 30 years, though, the Packers have had two of the best quarterbacks in the history of the NFL. Brett Favre won just one championship, and the man who replaced him in Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers, Arguably a better quarterback than the great Favre also has won just one championship. So clearly, it's more than just the quarterback. Now, the quarterback helps you for championships, but it's the team that complements the quarterback that wins those championships. Rodgers has taken some heat for not tucking the ball and running on third down late in the fourth quarter against the Bucks. Look like he would have had a surefire touchdown if he did. But no matter how physically gifted a quarterback is, no matter how smart a quarterback is, every quarterback, every single one becomes mortal when hit. It changes everything about the way you play, and Rodgers was hit a bunch yesterday. A quarterback helps you get into the playoffs. A defense in the playoffs helps you win a title. And that's what happened in the NFC. The Bucks defense dominated the Packers up front, while the Packers defense made some critical mistakes that cost them the conference championship. Getting back to Jerry Angelo, you know, he also once said, when peppered with questions about his personnel, everybody has an opinion. They need this, they need that, Angelo said. Well, tell me who you want. Who should we look at? Give me names. Don't tell me about our problems. Give me solutions. I'm in the solution business, not identifying the problems. You guys, he said to reporters, do a great job of identifying our problems. How about a few solutions? Well, you know what? When it comes to Green Bay, it would behoove Packers management to ask the same questions to Rodgers. And I'm guessing he'll have some solutions. It's a sports crime to squander greatness. And that's what the Packers appear to be doing with Rodgers, similar to what happened with the 1985 Bears. Makes you appreciate, despite the way Jerry Krause was portrayed in The Last Dance, you cannot deny that he surrounded Michael Jordan with the necessary pieces to complement MJ's greatness. There is nothing easy 
about winning at the highest level of sports. So when you're lucky enough to have an all-time great, surround that great with excellence. That's what the Bucks have done with Tom Brady, and that's what the Chiefs have done with Patrick Mahomes. And perhaps that's why Aaron Rodgers was left saying he really doesn't know what's next for him in Green Bay. When it comes to quarterbacks, this is going to be an offseason unlike any other in NFL history. Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, Matthew Stafford, and more, their future's all up in the air. Between the draft, free agency, and trades, there very well could be a surplus, if that's the right word, of talented quarterbacks available. And when it comes to the Bears, one can only hope that Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy have a few solutions. Because I don't believe they need to hear the problems. They know the problems, and they know the problems better than you, and they know the problems better than me. And in a weird way, the unprecedented quarterback uncertainty around the league may lead to unprecedented certainty under center for the Bears. To steal a line from Aaron Rodgers, the future is a beautiful mystery, I think. What do you think? 312-644-6767. We'll take a conversation up another notch with Olin Krutz. Next, Zach Zabeman until Bulls basketball at 745 on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago Sports Station. For this one, for this NFC Championship game, the Buccaneers have beaten the Packers. Tom Brady has beaten Aaron Rodgers. And Tom Brady will take the Buccaneers to the Super Bowl for the first time in 18 years. And as Kurt Warner just said, this is the 10th Super Bowl in Tom Brady's Hall of Fame career. And the final is in. Buccaneers 31, the Packers 26. Kevin Harlan with the call on Westwood One. Just an unbelievable. I, I don't think it's possible to truly comprehend what Tom Brady has done over the course of his NFL career. There is no one even close. You know, we, we used to have this argument early on in Brady's career. You know, where does he stack up with the best quarterbacks of all time? He is the best quarterback of all time. You may think that Aaron Rodgers is more physically gifted, and I do, but Tom Brady is the best, the best, and no one's even close. And then you compare him to Rodgers, who's only won one championship and only won one conference title. It, it just shows you how hard it is to do what Brady has done. He's the Bill Russell slash Michael Jordan of the National Football League. Hi, everyone. Zach Saban with you until Bulls basketball at 745. The Bulls taking on the Celtics tonight. Olin Krutz will join us in just a few moments to talk a lot of football here on the score. 312-644-6767. But I know a lot of you want to talk with me as well. So let's hit the phone lines. We'll start with Stan in Racine, Wisconsin. Hi, Stan. You're on the score. Hey, how you doing? What's up? Yeah, I want to talk about uh, Aaron Rodgers, Matthew Stafford. Stafford, out of all the teams, they have they have a choice of going to like the Colts, San Francisco, 
you know, in places like that where they got a young team that's uh, good defense, offensive players and stuff, a good offensive line and stuff, I said, why would they go to the Bears? And on top of that, the Bears don't have no way to pay them. They have to gut their defense to to pay to pay Aaron Rodgers, and there's no way he's going to walk out on $30 million. Thanks for the call, Stan. At no point did I say that I believe the Bears are going after Aaron Rodgers. That'll never happen, and I don't believe the Packers will trade Aaron Rodgers. I think the only way that Aaron Rodgers uh, doesn't play football next year for the Packers is if he retires. I, I can't for the life of me see them trading him away, even if he asks for a trade. I just don't see that happening. Uh, he's either going to retire or continue to play for the Packers. But if you're Green Bay, man, you would think that you would do everything possible to try and max out the few years he has left in the National Football League and try to win another title with him. As for Stafford, yes, he's available. No, I don't think he'll end up on the Bears. The Bears have a lot of issues. Number one, they are not just a quarterback away from winning a championship. And their salary cap situation is a mess. So I I don't think those are the guys that are going to end up here. And I don't think Deshaun Watson's going to end up here either if the Texans are serious about trading him. But I do think if you see Stafford going somewhere and you see Watson going somewhere, and once the draft gets held and, you know, teams start to trade up, perhaps with the Jets to get that number two spot or if the Jets actually pick a quarterback and then Sam Darnold becomes available. What I think is going to happen is you're going to have this merry-go-round of quarterbacks and there's going to be an opportunity, I think, for the Bears to pick somebody up who can be pretty good. So that's what you have to pay attention to. It's not going to be that first tier of quarterbacks, but you're looking for someone who you can add to the mix and can play a complementary role in helping the Bears' defense. I still think the focal point with the Bears, from an offensive standpoint, heading into 2021, is going to be running back David Montgomery. Or at least it better be, because that's what you saw transpire over the final month of the regular season. I think it has to start with that. And the biggest key for the Bears this offseason, from a personnel standpoint, is to correctly identify what you are. That, to me is the biggest key for the Bears going forward. All right, let's bring in the expert. Joining us now is the former Bears captain, the longtime center. You hear him every weekend during the season here on The Score. I'm talking about Olin Krutz, who joins us now on the Alpamonte Nissan Hotline. Alpamonte Nissan in Melrose Park on North Avenue or APNissan.com. Olin, good evening. Hello, my friend. Zach, how's it going, man? Been, Been waiting to do football radio with you for years. You know how interested I was in this when I was playing. Absolutely. You loved it. <laughs> no, but truth be told, truth be told, you hated everything about listening to us on the score, but you listened to everything. And what I used to love back in the day is every time I would go into the locker room and you saw me, you would make me sit down next to you and then you would tell me what's fact and what's fiction. <laughs> Uh, in regard to everything that you used to listen to on the score. And I cannot thank you enough for that throughout your playing career. It really well, helped me. Well, what, what was fact and fiction, according to me, obviously, right? So that wasn't, <laughs> that wasn't always 100% true. But, uh, you know, when you listen to the radio, uh, you read the newspaper, you, you, you try to keep your culture of your football team and, and feel which direction you're going in by what guys are saying. So that that's more 
while you're listening to that stuff. So you, maybe you can have a conversation with somebody in a back room about something they said in a newspaper. All right, so help me out here because mm -hmm. when you hear that, oh man, that's bulletin board material, that's really gonna fire up uh, the football team if they read or hear something. Does that really work? For some guys, yes. For some guys, it does. Some some guys do need that. Uh, other guys are, are ready and prepared every week. But look, if you can make a guy focus just a little bit more, and that's what a coach is trying to do, right? Just trying to catch, you know, if you put up a, a quote from somebody, say, you know, the Bears are overrated, or, you know, that's what people were saying when they were 5-1 and one this year. If you can catch one guy's attention that maybe wasn't focused this week, uh, make him study his book a little more, make him think in his mind, uh, you know what, I'm going to prove these guys wrong that week. So look, Zach, if you affect one person, that's all you're really looking for. And, and then, yes, it did work that week for your team. We're talking with Olin Krutz. I bring it up because uh, I was told that you had a, a very prominent coach, I'm not going to mention his name, that used to get up in front of the room and just read some negative things that were being said about different players to try and fire them up. And I always thought at the time, being on the outside, can that really work? I mean, to me, I always thought that the best way to get the most out of somebody is if you have competition, like when the mm -hmm. Packers ended up drafting Jordan Love. I, I never thought that actually hearing something that one of us may say could fire you up. But apparently, if it works for just one guy, it makes the team better. Mm -hmm. For sure, for sure. And think about that. Like, if, if you make, all I'm saying is if you make one guy open his playbook and say, you know what? Uh, I'm going to prove Zach Zayman wrong. I, I'm going to get out there. You know, maybe you say about a guy, uh, he's not in his playbook enough, and he, he makes a lot of mental mistakes, and a coach tells him that. Like, you're, you, like everybody's starting to know you're making these mental mistakes. It means you're not preparing. Uh, you're not giving your all to this team. So if you can catch someone's attention and they care about what the media says, and most pros do, and, but, you know, even if it may not make you focus a little more, some guys may not care as much, but most pros care about what people think about how they're doing their job. I think every person who has a job cares about what you people think, how they do their job. And, and that makes you focus a little more and get you prepared for that week. Then look, the bulletin board material works. But to be honest, for most guys, they don't need that in the NFL. All right. So we'll get to more bears in just a little bit. I, I want to talk about the NFL playoffs and mm -hmm. uh, what happened yesterday and look ahead to the Super Bowl. Let's start with what happened at Lambeau Field. Why was Tampa able to have so much success defensively against Aaron Rodgers and company? Well, Todd Bowles, man, if you watch the film from week six, he really confused Aaron Rodgers. And Zach, you know how, he know, you, know how you know he confused him yesterday? Rodgers was taking, even when they were losing, he was taking that play clock down to zero because he was trying to figure out what they were doing on defense, and he couldn't. And, and it was one of the first times... Well, other than week six against Bowles, it's the first time I've seen Aaron Rodgers check to the wrong plays. And by that, I mean he checked his runs into blitzes. And you could see it was frustrating him during the game. And, and more what that did to his offensive line was if you let that play clock run down to zero, the defensive end start watching that play clock. And if you get to 3-2-1, they know you have to snap the ball on that next hut. So uh, Shaquille Barrett... And then and, um, Jason Pierre-Paul, they were getting a jump on Billy Turner and Wagner at right tackle. And that was really affecting the game. So uh, just really always amazed at 
how Todd Bowles, see, with his coverages and with, you know, I think they had their third and fourth string safety in there yesterday, and they still performed like that. Obviously, the defensive line uh, getting after a Bakhtiari-less uh, Packers offensive line, that's David Bakhtiari, their all-pro left tackle, was out, and that you wondered if that would eventually catch up to them, and it did. And then they couldn't run the ball, so they're basically stuck in a Kansas City offense trying to throw the ball all over the field with Aaron Rodgers, and then it was just amazing to see him. I don't know what you thought, but when he missed Devontae Adams in the end zone twice, man, that, that just told me that the pressure maybe got to him a little bit. Trying to beat Tom Brady that day got to him a little bit. But just uh, Bowles does a really nice job switching up his fronts, switching up his coverages, uh, hiding where the blitz is coming from, and Aaron could not figure it out. And the same thing happened in week six. And that pick that guy uh, Murphy Bunting had over the middle was a great play. They were just really, really well coached uh, going into that game. And, and, and Todd Bowles, you know, the, his uh, linebacker coach, Mike Caldwell, and those guys, they just did a great job against the Packers. Yeah, Mike Caldwell, a former Bear, briefly uh, during your time here, I, I think. Mm -hmm. I, one of the things that, that struck me just watching the game is, and, and this is true for any quarterback, no matter how smart they are, and there isn't any defense usually that has fooled Aaron Rodgers. Most of the time he knows exactly what to do based on what he's seeing because he's so prepared. But once you hit a quarterback consistently, mm -hmm. no matter how good they are, you can be Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, or, or, or someone who entered the league and trying to make it. When you get hit, you change. You mm -hmm. lose your poise. You lose your composure. And I thought that's what happened specifically in the second half and very much so on the Packers' last offensive drive. No doubt. And, and when you're watching, you're, you're wondering while you're studying the game and preparing for it, you're thinking, okay, when, when will losing David Bakhtiari catch up to them, right? When will moving right. Billy Turner out, inserting Lucas Patrick at right guard? Lucas Patrick start, struggles with pass pro a little bit. Uh, Tampa Bay was running some games, and they were really affecting that Packers offensive line. But but really, uh, more than that, they, their press coverage, obviously the referees let a little more go in the playoffs, and Aaron just couldn't get the ball out fast, and he wasn't comfortable throwing it because – Aaron Rodgers' biggest uh, strength is the fact, Zach, that he knows what you're doing uh, before he snaps the ball. And he really kind of knows where he wants to go with the ball. And Tampa Bay wasn't giving him that. So he was holding that ball for that extra half second because you know how fast Rodgers gets the ball out. It's like watching right. Mahomes yesterday, right? Mahomes, uh, he's got four backups playing offensive line yesterday. Fisher goes out, blows his Achilles. Uh, they have a, guy, a guard on the field who had been benched earlier in the year, and he's still running that offense because why? Because Tyreek Hill can be man coverage in a second. So he gets that ball out. Uh, you can't get the pass rush to him. Uh, and like you're saying, um, the, the, the coverage and the rush married together well for Tampa Bay yesterday, and it did a great job. And even all that being said, uh, an offense like the Packers puts 26 points up, and you need every point to beat them. Talking with Olin Krutz here on 670 to score. A lot of football conversation. So could you see off of the TV view that you were watching yesterday what the Bucks were doing defensively? Were they holding their coverages, the masking uh, their disguises for a split second longer than normal in order to confuse Rodgers? What was it? Yeah, they were, they, the, the safeties were doing a really nice job holding their coverages and not showing who was coming, uh, what nickelback was coming, or what safety was coming on a blitz. Uh, they were hiding either man or zone, and they just keep walking around and rolling it around, and they do a really nice job holding it 
uh, for as long as they can, and they're just really disciplined, man. It, 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 it's a fun. It was fun to watch Todd Bowles, and it was fun to watch him uh, do that, you know, in Week Six too to Green Bay. And to be honest with you, I didn't think he could do that again. I thought Aaron Rodgers would have a feel for what he was trying to do with those safeties, and maybe, you know, it, it, this is not. You'd have to ask Aaron Rodgers this, but maybe two different safeties been in the game kind of ruined his study session, if you know what I mean, because Antoine Winfield and Jordan Whitehead, uh, he he had a feel for them, and now they're both out, and there's two new guys in there, and they're different looks, and then Jordan Whitehead uh, flying around, and Aaron Jones having, you know, two fumbles, one recovered, obviously didn't help, but they just do a really nice job, and then in the playoffs, when you play that tight man coverage like the New England Patriots used to do, you know you get away with a little bit more in the playoffs, and now the receivers, uh, they're a little frustrated. They can't get off. You get a few drops uh, you know, by the Packers, like the two-point conversion, which they only would have needed a field goal to tie the game if they would have got that, and you get a few missed throws by Aaron Rodgers, and now the pressure starts to mount on the Green Bay sideline because they're finally at home for Aaron Rodgers' whole career. They finally had an NFC Championship game at home, and you could just see that start to get to them, and they didn't know what to do after a while, and Tom Brady uh, made all his plays in the first half, not a great second half, but uh, just a great job by the Tampa Bay uh, whole coaching staff and a team overall. Yeah, a tremendous complimentary football by the Bucks yesterday. Were you surprised, as most people were, when they decided to kick it on fourth down the Packers, even though you have Aaron Rodgers on your team? Yeah, I was surprised just mostly by the way they called the plays, right, leading up to that kick because it tells me that they were thinking that if they didn't get get the touchdown that they were going to kick it because they weren't playing as if they were going to use all four downs uh, to get into the end zone. I think almost every ball Rodgers threw was to the end zone. So I don't think they ran the ball uh, at that time once and they didn't try to get closer. Obviously, Aaron could have ran the ball um, Looked like he could have he made the end zone or got a lot closer and made that a, t- a tougher decision for Lafleur uh, to make there, whether to kick it or not. But yes, re- really shocked. Uh, I'm not giving the ball back to Tom Brady uh, in, in that situation. We've all seen just too many times over his career what happens if you give him the ball back. So uh, that didn't make any sense. Obviously, uh, that's easy to say watching the game, but I think everybody had the same feeling like you're kicking it. Why? You're not going to get the ball back now. To get that close, it, it's crushing in the NFL. And, and you heard Aaron Rodgers talk about it after the game. You know, and I'm sure you felt that way when you guys lost the Super Bowl. You never really get over a, a game like that when you're that close. But when you have some, some critical coaching decisions that were made that contributed to the loss as well, how do you heal a, as a team when stuff like that happens? Yeah, it's hard. And remember also, too, um, my last game, you know, I didn't get to come back and try to heal, but my last game as a Bear was at Soldier Field in the NFC Championship game. And, and that, that one really hurts to lose, man. But uh, every big game you lose, there's all kinds of decisions uh, that could have been made. And, and look, I, I think Tom Brady's biggest strength, uh, Zach, is the culture he creates in the locker room by, you know, like watch him at the end of the game yesterday. Uh, they're talking to him and he says, look, talk to somebody else, right? That he, he's building the culture of we are a team. Uh, it's going to be a team. It's going to take all of us to win this Super Bowl. And he understands that better than anybody. Obviously, uh, with 
how many Super Bowls he's been to. And why I bring that up is Aaron Rodgers, to be a leader and to help his team heal, he, need, he needed to, and who am I to tell Aaron Rodgers how to be a leader? But he needed to talk about the plays he didn't make, right? So they ask him, you know, what about your coach uh, kicking the field goal there? Look, I should have hit Devontae Adams. I should have thrown a better ball there, okay? Because when you study the film of a big game like this, Green Bay versus Tampa Bay up there, Brady versus Rodgers, look, we got the our defense intercepted the ball three times. We went three and out. Uh, that's unacceptable. I have to make a play there. You know what I mean by that? That's the stuff you can hear Tom Brady saying. And that's the culture that Tom Brady creates on teams he goes to. And you can see it. And you can, when you listen to him talk, uh, you can see the amount of respect guys have for him that play with him. And that's why. So Aaron Rodgers, I thought, missed a chance there to help the Packers, like you're talking about, heal after a loss like that. Because really, that's the only way to do it. Everybody take their blame. Everybody take your share of blame. No one played a damn perfect game. Take your share of blame, and let's move on to the next year. Breaking it down with Olin Krutz here on The Score, talking about the NFL playoffs. We'll get to the Bears in just a little bit. Let's flip it around to the AFC, because that leadership that you talked about with Brady, we saw it last night from Patrick Mahomes. Mm -hmm. You know, after uh, McCole Hardman had the, uh, the, the muffed punt, then all of a sudden you see the the quarterback go over to the receiver and tell him I need you and there's a great clip of it on Twitter from uh, NFL Films talking about how just be you be us we need you and ultimately what do you know Mahomes gets him into the mix and he becomes a very big part of the offense that's the kind of leadership you're talking about no no doubt and look um, Mahomes is going to owe uh, Nagy some money for the rights to be you I'm sure he's going to call him up. <laughs> he's going to want to get some money for that. But but exactly what you're talking about, right, Zach, that, that he's a leader there. And look, when I watch Mahomes and Andy Reid work together, uh, it reminds me of Joe Montana, Bill Walsh, you know, um, Tom Brady, Bill Bel Belichick, the most successful quarterback head coach combinations uh, ever to be a part of the NFL. And I just think right now uh, that Kansas City Chiefs team is a juggernaut, man. They got everything they need. Uh, they're hard to stop. Even when they were down 9-0 after the mix, missed extra point, after the Miko Hardman fumble you're talking about, uh, you knew watching Mahomes play, he hadn't missed a pass, right? Ty Tyreek Hill dropped that one pass. There are a few drops here and there. You just knew that they were going to explode eventually because Mahomes was on fire. And that's the thing he does uh, that Tom Brady used to do, that in these big games, uh, he's not a little off, right? He, he's still accurate. He's still throwing the ball where it needs to be, whether you give him zone or man. And look, uh, Leslie Frazier, uh, Sean McDermott, uh, um, Bob Babbage, these are really good defensive coaches on that other sideline with some good defensive players on the Buffalo Bills trying to figure out how to slow down that offense. I don't know what you saw, Zach, but they did not have a chance to slow him down last night. I, I was blown away that they didn't have that opportunity. I, I guess what we thought was that Mahomes would be limited somewhat, but it didn't look like Buffalo ever put Mahomes in a position where he'd have to test what you thought was bothering him with the foot. Yeah, no, no pass rush, right? And it, Which was weird because um, they stopped the run. They really did, and I think the first game uh, they played against the Chiefs, the Chiefs rushed the ball for almost 240 yards, but the Bills did a really nice job uh, stopping the run, and you thought that would lead to third and longer distances and get a pass rush going, but Ed Oliver and Vernon Butler and Jerry Hughes, they never really got home. 
And, and even when Fisher went out, uh, the left tackle for the Kansas City Chiefs, Eric Fisher, and they had to move Remmers, the right tackle, who's not the starting right tackle, Schwartz is the starting right tackle, and he's been out since week six. They had to kick him over the left tackle, and I couldn't even tell you really who they brought in at right tackle. I'd have to go back and look at the film because uh, now they're just digging into, um, you know, practice squad guys, but uh, that didn't even slow them down, and the pressure still didn't get there. But I think a lot of that is how fast Mahomes gets the ball out. And that's going to be the key to the Super Bowl, right? Can Tampa Bay's defensive line uh, put pressure on Mahomes and, like you said, get to the quarterback, hit him, and affect him against this uh, patchwork offense line that the Chiefs have, uh, led by former Bear Andy Heck? And can they can they get uh, Mahomes enough time? Because if you do, I think the last time Tyreek Hill went against this man coverage for Tampa Bay, I think he had like 270 yards receiving. So... It's going to be interesting, but uh, like you said, they couldn't get home. They couldn't affect him at all. Pressure is everything when it comes to these great quarterbacks. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll talk Bears because I've got a lot of questions for you, and you've had a chance to kind of digest everything that's happened this mm -hmm. season and what's been said after the season. So we'll pick Olin Kruitz's brain in terms of what the Bears have to do. That's coming up next. Zach Saidman with you until Bulls basketball at 745 on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago's sports station. I think it's not just that decision or those decisions. Like I said, it's the entire body of work. Uh, those are significant decisions, of course, and that's part of the evaluation process. But we just feel confident uh, going into the offseason that Matt and Ryan can do what's necessary to get the players we need to be successful. The voice of Bears chairman George McCaskey talking about why he's sticking with the guys that he's got running football operations at Hallis Hall. General Manager Ryan Pace and Head Coach Matt Nagy. Hi everyone, Zach Saidman with you until Bulls basketball at 7.45 right here on the score. Bulls hosting the Celtics tonight. We're lucky enough to be joined by Olin Krutz for a second segment. If you're just tuning in, you missed him break down the Super Bowl and the NFL playoffs. Now we're talking a little Bears and I guess first and foremost, you know, a lot of the conversation is going to be about the quarterback position, and rightfully so, Olin, this offseason. But isn't part of what the Bears need to do clearly identify what they are offensively? And it seems to me that we kind of saw what they are when they're at their best in the final month of the regular season, when they truly committed to their running game. Yeah, I mean, they're just... It's been frustrating for a few years now because uh, what they've been saying and who they've been hiring doesn't match up, right, Zach? So yeah. uh, that's why you get frustrated when you when you hear their press conference. They start talking about, well, we know we got to run the ball and we want to run the ball, but then you watch who they suit up on game day and you watch who they draft and how they build their team and what free agents they bring in, and it just doesn't match up, right? You don't bring in Jimmy Graham, uh, suit up Ryan Nall, as your third string back and, and shoot up, suit up Cordero Patterson. Uh, obviously, Tariq Cohn got hurt, but you have to have a better plan, right? And and then tell me, tell me you you're you're serious about running the ball? That just doesn't work out. And Jimmy Graham, uh, for everything he still is in his career, uh, a run blocker is not one of them. And Cole Komet got a little better as the year went on, but they're in the middle of this. Um, they're either the outside zone team, like you watch the Packers do. Uh, through the whole playoffs, or you watch San Francisco Shanahan, or you watch the Rams, 
uh, you know, run the outside zone, lean on your run game, and then run play action and boots off of that. Or you're going to be a Kansas City Chiefs team, which Coach Nagy wants to be, uh, Bill Lazor wants to be, Bill DiFilippo, uh, the quarterback coach. That's was the scheme he has run wherever he's been as the offensive coordinator. So you are right. Um, but but here's, here's where the problem lies, Zach. They know what scheme they want to run. They know what they want to be. They don't have the players to be it, okay? So that's where they run into all these problems, and that's where you get all this frustration from the fan base, and that's why every time they run up against a good defense, uh, they don't do very much on offense. Olin Krutz is with us as we talk about the Bears. So when it comes to figuring out what you want to be, if Matt Nagy wants to run the Kansas City style, and that's clearly obvious, but they haven't won that way. And the, the only time that we saw them uh, go out and really have success this season on a consistent basis was against those lower-ranked defenses in the final month of the regular season. I guess the question becomes, can you run the style that they ran in the final month of the regular season and win that way against good teams? And if you have a one year to prove yourself, which essentially is the message that we got from that postseason Zoom conference, what's the easiest way to put together the kind of team that, from an offensive standpoint, can complement what the Bears are defensively? Well, what are the Bears defensively now that Sean Desai has taken over, right? And, and, and they're slowly deteriorating on defense. They don't get the turnovers they used to get or the takeaways. I know Lance Briggs and Alex Brown would not be happy with me if I said turnovers. So their takeaways... <laughs> Uh, you know, they correct me a lot on the NBC uh, postgame show. But look, mm-hmm. um, obviously, when you have a good defense, you want to lean on your defense, lean on your special teams, uh, play field position, try to try to, you know, try to win the time of possession in every game, which I know is a boring, a boring, you know, offense to watch. Uh, but that seems like the easiest route when you have the defense. So you have to build a very good offensive line. Uh, there's the problem. Another problem you have with the guys that, you know, run the football side of the building up there at Hallis Hall, uh, they identified their offensive line as a problem last year and then brought in a coach, Juan Castillo, who, look, I have a ton of respect for, uh, coached a long-time NFL, I think almost 30 years. A funny, you know, side note on that is that when when Andy Reid fired Sean McDermott, he moved Juan Castillo from offensive line coach to defensive coordinator, and that didn't work out well. I know you find that shocking. But anyway, um, look. <laughs> And then they bring in a Fetty and they bring in Spriggs on, you know, league minimum contracts, two guys that if you get them for league minimum, obviously not, not a lot of people in the league are fighting over, right? And, and you know, luckily they, they get, as the injuries pile up, they lose James Daniels, who I thought was their second best player on offense as the year goes on, but they just didn't have the right plan for their offensive line. Like they didn't have the right plan for their running game. And then you start to worry about where this offense is going because since Coach Nagy's got here, it's progressively got worse, right? And uh, now we're watching the Bears, which is just crazy to me, uh, on their defense side of the ball, which is the better side of the ball. Uh, they make a bunch of changes over there, and then there's no really changes on offense. So I think they, they realize that they have to marry. Uh, they have to get talent in there also uh, with their coaches. But, you know, I heard a caller talk about their salary cap problems. And that's going to be a problem for them to fix this team. So they got to start hitting in the draft. They got to start hitting in the first round, second round, third round, and so on. Start to get some game breakers, some players. They got to develop, Zach. 
They got to get more out of the guys they got. They got to develop the players they have. They got to have Mooney take another step. No one knows what's going to happen with Allen Robinson. Cole Komet has to become a dominating tight end. They got to get James Daniels back. They got to keep him healthy. They got to get Cody Whitehair playing better on offense. Keep Montgomery going the way he's going. And then they got to find somebody, a quarterback, to stick in there that can make that whole thing function. Because right now, when you look at this team and how can they get better, the number one way they can get better is you can't talk about adding from the outside with all the problems they got. They got to get the more out of the players they have. They got to get more out of Robert Quinn. They got to get that pass rush they paid for. They got to get Khalil Mack's shoulder healthy. They got to decide what they're going to do with Akeem Hicks and Kyle Fuller as it, as it re- pertains to the salary cap. And, and Akeem Hicks is another year older. I think he'll be about 33 as the year goes on next year. So you got to keep him healthy. You got to get him playing at a high level. Sean Desai, who just got the defensive coordinator job, he's got to get Eddie Jackson, Eddie Jackson back playing to an all-pro safety. So if you ask me, the easiest way the Bears get better is they get better in their own building. They got to develop players. They got to lean on their strength program in there, lean on their nutrition program, really stay on these guys in the offseason and make let them come in ready to play and get the most out of that building. Our final few moments talking Bears with Olin Krutz here on The Score. So let's be realistic because mm-hmm. we are still in a pandemic. And if this is another offseason where you're limited in terms of practice time because of the pandemic, would your best option at quarterback perhaps be bringing Trubisky back on a team-friendly deal, short-term, incentive-laden, where he has a chance to prove himself, and you run an offense that works to his strengths? Yeah, I mean, that that would be... Maybe their best option, unless they can get, you know, these guys everybody's dreaming about, you know, right. Deshaun Watson, you know, who knows what they're going to do with Rodgers, Stafford, Dak Prescott. Uh, unless they can get one of these guys, the, the rest of them, you know, I mean, uh, how much better are they than Nick Foles and Trubisky? I don't know in the system that they want to run. The problem with what you're talking about, Zach, is um, I used to have a coach who used to say, don't talk to me about the play about installing that play that's on film, unless that coach who installed the play on film is sitting in the room, knows all the adjustments, knows how to install that play. So the Bears, you know, with the coaching hires they made, they never really went out and got a guy from the outside zone scheme. Obviously, Juan Castillo did it a little bit uh, with Gary Kubiak in Baltimore. I think that was like 2013 or something. But, you know, I, I keep waiting for them to hear that they hired somebody uh, off of Matt LaFleur's staff, off of Kyle Shanahan's staff. Uh, like, look, um, Selah just took LaFleur's brother, Mike LaFleur, uh, to the Jets with him. Uh, that was a guy that when I looked down on San Francisco's um, coaching staff, a guy I thought the Bears might consider at some point if they wanted to go to the outside zone offense. And then Kyle Shanahan just promoted his run game coordinator to offensive coordinator. Another guy, if you want to go to this outside zone scheme and learn how to marry your pass concepts with your run game, another guy you can hire. But they never really did that. They never really went out and got that guy. So really, they're trying to install you know, the Rams offense. Even if you look at the Rams coaching staff, you can get a guy from there. They're trying to install McVay's offense, Shanahan's offense uh, with guys who run an Andy Reid type scheme and that scheme is hard to run man uh, you you got to have a lot of good football players the chiefs are doing it right now uh, everybody just got fired in philadelphia trying to run that scheme so you worry a little bit about uh 
that scheme as it pertains to the building and whether Mitch Trubisky, I don't know if Mitch Trubisky, yeah, he wants to, I'm sure he wants to ask the question, uh, what, what, what direction are we going in next year if I do consider coming back? Yeah, it's uh, once the decision was made to keep the coaches as they are right now for the most part, then you kind of get the feeling it's going to be the Kansas City style offense or bust for the Bears in 2021. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they're going to want to try to run the ball again. Uh, you know, they're going to want to try try to do that, come out and do that. But every time they went against a higher level defense, it didn't work out, Zach. And I'll tell you why. They don't have the adjustments. They don't have the adjustments in there. They don't know how to marry their pass game uh, to that run game. And, and you know, that 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 kind of pass, that kind of run game has a bunch of screens that come off of it, right? They got a bunch of uh, boots that come off of it. When to when to call that boot play? When not to? And, and that's what they struggle with when you watch their film. They struggle with having a knack for when to call their shot plays to marry with their run plays when that run game is going. And like we all know, they've had a problem for two, two and a half years now. They have a problem putting the ball in the end zone. They have a problem scoring points, and that's when those shot plays come in. Yeah, it's been very frustrating to watch. Olin, I could talk another two hours with you when it comes to football, <laughs> but thank you so much for spending the time that you have. And again, Thank you during your playing days for uh, helping educate me, uh, at least on your side of the ball. No, nope, you educated me about radio, and here I am. Well, you are a star. <laughs> I'll give you that much. No. So uh, you definitely only listen. in my own mind, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it, man. You guys have a good night. You too. Be well, Olin Crute, spending some time talking football with us here on the Score. Let's take a break. We'll switch gears. Talk some Bulls basketball next on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. <laughs> 